So here's what I would do with this particular episode. I would divide it in two. Oh, would you? There's a couple of different New Year's resolutions idea for your spiritual life in here. And just, yeah. I don't know, bring well, it up. Maybe who's listening is an adult and they can think for themselves on when they want to listen to it all at once or in pieces oh, or whatever. Okay, so they can just do whatever they want to yeah, do. Yeah, they can. Oh, well, can they? Yeah. Can they shoot fireworks off in their shower? They can't. Yes, they can. But I they don't encourage it, but they, they should. <laughs> hey, it's Rochelle. And it's Carter. For the anything. But quiet time podcast. Oh, oh no, that was that's one word. That is one word. You're we were right. We're trying something different. Yeah. There. Let's not do it again. Okay, well, let's try it now. Uh, Auld Lang Syne. Happy New Year, almost. But well, maybe when you're listening to this. Okay. You want to try to sing Auld Lang Syne? Nobody knows the words to this song except old acquaintance. Raven be forgotten. In all the memories on New Year's, keep your eye on the grand old flag. <laughs> it's the same tune. It's you know, the same I, tune. I just want to claim the fact that we don't know the words to that song is mm-hmm. because when it played yeah. in the movie It's a Wonderful Life, every time a bell rings girl kept talking. Oh, she did. No one could hear over Zuzu. Oh, Zuzu and her pedals. That's why we don't know the words to the song. Wow. You know, she later became a drag racer. No, she did All about her pedals. (laughs) Or a piano player. Or I just walked right into that. I know. It was such a dumb joke. And I laughed. (laughs) I know you did. I did. I laughed. Oh, so here's, here's one for New Year's. You ready? Uh, did you hear that Barbara Walters is going to uh, be the, the countdown person in Times Square for the ball drop? I yeah. Don't. Because she's going to say, I'm Barbara Walters, and this is 2020. You know how many times I've heard this joke that he's shared? I know. Here's my New Year's resolution for 2020. Uh-huh. To just put an end to your jokes before you get started. Okay, let's try it. Okay. Let's let's say okay. I have a joke. Hey, you know what I told somebody no. the other day? No. I told somebody no. I'm going to see you more clearly the next time I see you because I'll see you in 2020. I can see clearly now. You Lost so much focus Maybe, on you trying to stop see, me. That's me with my my New Year's resolution. It's worked out. I'm just going to start singing. Oh, okay. That's and then I'll do. have my own entertainment. Yeah, yeah. That's is. <laughs> we honestly do like each other. I hope you <laughs> hope you know that. No, thank you for spending time with us and getting into the new year. And this is the time, especially if you're a believer in Jesus, uh, if you uh, or, or you're want to be and you're seeking and it's just like i want to be a better person in 2020 we all have that that hole that we're trying to fill that it's just like i want to do better this year yes you know god is that something that that helps us get to that place yeah because god is so much more than what we give him credit for and when i say we i'm hugely inclusive including myself in that you know this entire last year in reading the Bible the way I've done, and I've shared on podcasts before. You did chronological. Chronological. So right there, I'm at the end. I'm coming up on, like, yeah, Jude and Revelation, but I'm finishing up the first, second, third John. And this beautiful passage of Scripture from First John chapter 4, where it talks about God is love. Mm-hmm. So anything that we have ever thought that we have known about love has literally been born of God. And we have a less than perfect representation of love in our hearts and in our minds unless we have that connection with who God is, which is an incredible thought. It's like we only know things in part. Yeah. Even Paul yeah. says that in 1 Corinthians 13. We see things like in a glass darkly. We know it in part, but then we will know. So when when we think about love, it's such a it's a patchwork quilt of what it really looks like. It's it's bits and pieces. 
but God knows the whole, he's got the whole grasp of it. You know, the whole concept was born in and out of who he is. Mm -hmm. That's the same and true for anything that is good. Peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, these gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us glimpses of that we have through through what Jesus did for us on the cross. I was going to say, we see glimpses of, you see a story in the news that's so special and you just, you can't quite put your finger on, mm-hmm. you know that it's, you know that it's love, but it, it's even different than we see in the movies or yeah. we, and we just, we do, it's, it glimpses is such a good word. I think that we've yeah. never gotten that in full, uh, but it, especially when you just see somebody and you're like, there's something about them. Yeah. There's something about that person. And it is broken until we say yes to Jesus, where we start to be able to glue some of those pieces together. Mm-hmm. So before Jesus, it's just broken bits and pieces. It does not mean that we don't have a gauge for morality, though, because God gave us that gauge. He gave us a conscience. He gave us the ability to know right from wrong. That's why the world, there is a collective consciousness or conscientiousness about what is right and wrong. That's why there's laws. Yeah. You can't go yeah. around killing people. Well, right. why? Who says? Well, it's wrong. Well, who says? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's because he's given us the the ability to be able to gauge this is right and wrong. But it's broken. It's not complete without apart from his spirit where Jesus helps us glue pieces together. We start to go, oh, this is why. It's because we're supposed to put others before ourselves. It's because, you know, we know about love because God first loved us. You know, now, is there a certain verse that sticks out or this is the whole passage about love? Is some of this the what's read at the wedding? Is that where you're at? Or you're in a totally different section. <laughs> okay. Usually where I I always reference 1 John 4, 7, and 8. Dear friends, we must love each other. Love comes from God. When we love each other, it shows that we've been given new life. We are now God's kids. We know him. God is love. And anyone who doesn't love others has ever, has never really known God. They've never really known him. And it, it goes on from there about how God showed his love. And I love that it, it kind of even, John repeats himself when he wrote the words out, what Jesus shared with Nicodemus. And we're going back to the third chapter of the book of John, the gospel of John. Mm-hmm. He meets up with this guy who's one of the scholars of the day. Nicodemus does it at night because he doesn't want his other guys to know that he's with Jesus. Like, oh, I don't, I don't want them to know that I, I may think Jesus is the real thing. I don't want them to know. So at nighttime, he goes and he talks to Jesus. And it's in this passage of Scripture, one of the most, it's probably the most popular memory verse ever, John 3, 16. Yeah. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. He repeats that in 1 John chapter 4 a little bit. So it's obviously a message that John, who even can, he even writes in the gospel, his gospel, the disciple that Jesus loved, he doesn't even name himself. He just says it was the, the disciple that Jesus. He puts a lot of stock in love, and it's yeah. so appropriate because God says, I am love. It's not just like the Valentine heart-looking thing. Oh, I love you. You know, that's that's great. It's most of the time when we reference love like that, it, there's it's broken. It's not complete unless it's a part. It's Unless it's glued together through the spirit of Jesus Christ, does that make sense? Yeah, I'm trying to yeah. make things it's it's um uh, love is a lot more selfless than it is feeling good. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, it's fully known when we serve others. You know, we it tells us in First John all throughout this book about it's 
our obedience to God is how we show him love. It's in serving mm-hmm. others, in his commandment to us. Uh, to, uh, what is the, the two greatest commandments? To love God. Second greatest, to love others, to lay down our lives for others. And Jesus does not ask anything of us that he, did, he was not already ready and willing and did do for us. He laid down his life for us. That part that you actually, when you actually were reading it verbatim yeah. about uh, he who does not love has not known God. Is that, am I, is that the, the way that it was phrased? Yeah, it's close. Yeah. God is love. Anyone who doesn't love others has never known him. And that's, I think that's, it's stuff like that that's startling because mm-hmm. we get in our Christian bubble of, well, you go to church and you go to Sunday school and you serve on one of the teams, the parking or the greeters, and that's what you do. That's the Christian life. And, and part of that's, that is that's, that's all nice. Yeah. You definitely do all that. Sure. Uh, but I, you, I mean, we'll just be frank. Uh, you've seen people in church that aren't loving. Mm. You've seen people that are serving that aren't loving. There's one person that comes to mind. Now, this may have been a situation where this just wasn't the job for him. I'm not going to say he didn't love Jesus, uh, but it was the uh, at an old church, the media guy that was in charge of all the microphones and all that stuff. Sure. The grumpiest person. He wasn't even that old. <laughs> and he was just the grumpiest person you'd ever meet. And I think he was honestly just in the wrong role. Yeah. But there are... there. It's just proof to me with verses like that. That's kind of a wake-up call. It's not yeah. about how many times you go to church. It's about how we treat other people and how we see other people. Yeah, I, I love what you're sharing. I, and this whole passage just kind of touches on those moments. for Because uh, I know I've got the grumpies. Not every day, but I got the grumpies. There are certain days that all of us are sure. there. Absolutely. We're all there. So it's not like we're pointing the finger at that you know poor engineer guy at church or that at Carter's church. Oh, what a horrible person. Yeah, I've definitely been guilty of that in my own home and my kids. Oh, mom's grumpy today. Mm -hmm. But it's this is a beautiful verse. In verse 10, it says real love isn't our love for God, but his love for us. It's a fully realized love. Yeah, it's perfect. It is servant heart. It is laying down your life for another. And it says in verse 19, we love because God loved us first. But if we say we love God and we don't love each other, then we're liars. That's what it says. Hmm. We cannot see God. So how can we love God if we don't love the people that we can see? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. God gives us opportunities with real flesh and blood people all around us that we can see. And he gives us opportunities to love them well. And he said, in essence, you're really showing me love. When you do that. All right. Going to give you some examples. Okay. Because, hey, maybe family comes to mind. Maybe even your difficult coworker comes to mind. But what about people like this? Why do you always bring up difficult coworker? That's like your go-to. And, like, I'm right here. I, I hope that saying it enough was uh, it got somebody's attention. <laughs> Unfortunately, she's on to us. Uh, <laughs> so what about the lady at the DMV that clearly hates her job and you didn't bring your fourth form of ID and she's not giving you any mercy or the time of day? What about the person that cuts you off in traffic? What about returning those things to the mall and you're in just a mass of teenagers that are running all over you? This is a lesser example, but it's kind of similar. I'm at Chick-fil-A yesterday. I'm about to get my food on. I'm hungry, getting hangry almost. And this guy... You know, I'm going through the drive-thru, and there's a little walkway and to get to the entrance where okay. he walks. I already know where this is going. He has to go across your path. And, of course, you're going to be mindful of pedestrians. You know, clearly, yeah. I'm not going to hit you. Yeah. He puts out his hand. 
but doesn't acknowledge me. Uh-huh. Like he doesn't look to me and smile, wave. And or they give you, I'm just anything. giving you a heads up. Just giving you a heads up. No. Puts his hand out like, I am royalty and you will bow and you will not move your car. Sir, are you parting the Red Sea? What are you doing right now? And clearly I'm not going to hit you, sir. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no acknowledgement that a human being is behind the wheel. And it flustered me. Yeah. And I was thinking about that later. Uh-huh. Letting it stew, but not a good beef stew. It was a nasty, uh-huh. bitter stew, right? And God's like, you have no idea what was going on. He could have been going into that restaurant and he could have been so focused. And maybe there's a family member who's just passed and he is looking through the window to see whoever it is that he needs to meet with. Are they there yet? Uh-huh. His mind yeah. is elsewhere. I mean, that's a weird example. But no, but that's a lot of it, though. It's, yeah. it's not even because then you I think the opposite of what we do is when we go. But. He might be dying, and this is his last meal. Okay, it's probably not that, but yeah. it's probably he wasn't even thinking. He could have not been thinking. And you know what, Rochelle, what if he was just a jerk? Well, what if he was just a jerk? Uh-huh. Am I going to let the fact that this guy being a jerk is now making me a jerk because I'm stewing on it? That's true. That's true. That's like, that's not my that's not my thing for you either. And if you feel like a person in your life is just a jerk, oh, my word, here's an opportunity to love well. Yeah. Because I guarantee those guys who were yanking out my Savior's beard while they were spitting on him and accusing him were being jerks. But he said, Father, forgive them. And that has got to always be my reference point is I have to go, constantly go back to Jesus. Constantly. Well, and what, did, what was the next line? Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. I try to think in those moments, this person, and not that I'm better than, but this person has just not had the realization that I've had. Now, clearly they could. They Maybe they have and they're just having a bad day. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of times when people are really being really nasty and you're like, well, there's no way they're a believer in Jesus. They just haven't had the realization that I've had. Mm. They know not what they do. They don't know the point of yeah. life. And, and they see through that glass even more darkly. Yeah. The pieces maybe haven't had a Holy Spirit glue moment. Treating them like a again, not not immaturely, but treating them like uh, similarly to a child that just hasn't learned the lesson yet. Jesus was filled with compassion. He was moved by the people around him, it says. Mm-hmm. There were moments where, like he even wept over Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem. Like he yeah. saw the brokenness that would happen, had happened, and he was moved by that. I want to be moved in a way where I am no longer bitter. I want to grieve for people. That guy, I want to be in a place in my life one day, and hopefully it's sooner rather than later, where when that guy puts out his hand because he doesn't want to acknowledge my existence, I am okay with that Mm -hmm. because my heart hurts for this little child who's lost. That's how God sees us, his children. And I want want to love them like he loves them. Now, I'm the same way with you, and and so I acknowledge that the the heart is obvious. Jesus said it. That's the most important thing, mm. right? And so you, uh, the feelings are definitely something to grasp, but I know this too. I'm going to give Rochelle some kudos. Rochelle's never going to roll down the window <laughs> and yell at him, and I think that's half the battle. Your heart didn't lead you to, to an action, so you got to work on yourself later. Yeah. But at the same time, you already did treat him with love. It's you let it go. Yeah. And so it's definitely both. But where you're saying it, the feelings aren't the you can feel any way that you want to feel that those come on you. But also those aren't what dictate. 
So where I think we had this conversation a couple sure. of podcasts ago, where do you sin? Well, it's where you let it sink in and you just stew in it and throw yourself yeah. a pity party. I also want to say, though, that that my personality, though, um, probably would not allow me to do that. There are. I mean, OK. Well, okay. wait, wait. I, now, let me take that back. My personality is kind of a verbose person. And True. I, and I can be very. Uh, what was the what's the word? If you're you're blunt, but you're not confrontational. Yeah. So let, let me just say, I don't want to, if you're one of those folks, I, I don't want to let anybody off the hook here because okay. we could, well, as long as I don't roll down my window that I'm halfway there. I know a lot of people who would never, ever, because they're a passive aggressive type personality, ever think about rolling down the window and saying anything. True, true. But they will live their life just with that face that's in that constant frown mode. You know what I'm saying? So okay, so here here's the lesson I think for all of us. Though. Yeah. Let's say you find yourself in line later today. Okay. And you see this guy walking up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Or even better, you are you're walking out the door uh-huh. when he's walking in. You say you're not in your your car in the drive-thru. Right. You're walking out. That's when here's another opportunity. Yeah. I could treat him like he treated me or I could hold the door open for him and ask him how he's doing. The moment that you start to feel those things. Fight. Yeah. Fight. Mm-hmm. You have been given so much edge, if you will. It's like going into a chess match and knowing every move that your opponent is going to make so you can win that battle. God has given you that kind of edge over people. Mm. And when I say over people, I mean over the enemy. Yeah. So yeah. because you have patience. Well, I don't know. I'm an impatient person. Well, yeah, humanity we're impatient. The mm-hmm. flesh is impatient. But I've got Jesus in my corner. And he says that I have patience through the Holy Spirit. So I have the ability in that moment to grab hold of whatever I need, including prayer. So if I see that guy walking through the door, here's what I tend to do in my humanity. Here comes Jerko. Let's shut the door in front of him. Boom. Yeah. But no, no, no. God's like, huh. You know that's not where I want you. Uh-huh. And I want you to progress in this life to a place of growth and maturity and character. And that's what I want for you. Why? Because your identity is in me. It's not in old Rochelle. It's in Jesus. That's who you need to see when you look in the mirror. So I need to grab hold of prayer in that moment for that person. Lord, here, I see this guy. I don't know what's going on in his world. I know my feelings for him were this. Help them to be this way. Pray over yourself. Pray over him. There may be nothing going on in this guy's world. You don't know that. When you are in the presence, though, of the king of kings, you can't help be changed, right? If he's in me, he wants to change those around me, too. Hmm. People are not the enemy. You sw- you you said that. You're like, you know, over the enemy. And and, and I'm talking about the enemy, not people, because people aren't. They yeah, don't even right. realize what they're doing, like we said. And I know that loving more or whatever is very general for a resolution for a new year, but man, it's a good one, especially when you start getting into the the minutia of of all the little things of that we do. I love that you said that though. It's like, oh, I might feel like an oldie, but man, have you conquered it yet? Because I, I certainly have not. I know, I know. I certainly have not. One thing, and by the way, we do want you to know this is really cool this year. Uh, we are a part of Hope on Demand, mm-hmm. which is uh, kind of an offshoot of KSBJ, and there is just some incredible encouragement. Videos, articles, podcasts, and uh, a reading plan. So you have a reading plan to go. If you want to read through the Bible in a year, uh, you can do that each and every day and even choose a part of it, whichever one you want to do. Yeah, and... I really like that you added that last part, too, because I think it it could be overwhelming if you have never read through the Bible before. 
um, or maybe are not used to reading the Bible. It's great to have goals, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but we don't want you to feel like, oh my word, this is overwhelming. I, I, and I don't try to say this from a, like a proud, I'm such a great person place, but I'm, I'm used to reading the Bible and reading it in one year is heavy for, for, for me. Yeah. That was a lot for, for 2019 for you. That's right. It, the really cool part about reading the one year Bible, it does do something different than reading it chronologically. It gives you a little piece of the old Testament. It gives you a little piece of yeah. the new Testament. It gives you some Psalms and some Proverbs there, and too. Some Proverbs that's in right. There. So that's nice. It kind of breaks it up. But at the same time, it's still quite like if you have a long to do list for the day, and you look at that long list of verses, no one, including most, mostly God, is not going to condemn you. Uh-huh. And that's yeah. the main thing. God's just happy you want to spend time with him. So just check it out and see what you think. HopeOnDemand.com. Um, this year. What you going to do? I want to slow down. And that's an easy wow. thing to say when it comes to activities or something like that. But I don't necessarily want to go to less appointments. Mm-hmm. I want to take my time. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Take my time. We just watched a video. It's called Godspeed. You could look it up actually on Vimeo. Could not for the life of me find it on YouTube. Vimeo is where you want to go. Godspeed from a guy that was a pastor in America. And he got invited to... Uh, be a part of a parish in Scotland. It was an incredible video. He incredible. He learned a whole lot. Yeah. And there's two points to the video. One is to maybe have have some roots, stay in one place for a while, kind of thing. But we know that it's just tough with careers and with even switching houses to growing family or whatever in Houston. So the main part that I took away from this guy. He realized that he needed to actually take the time to get to know people. He's a, a part of a, a parish, and actually in Scotland, the parish is the town. Yeah. He shows up to his church on his first day. He goes to the lead pastor. Again, he's kind of a pastor in training or whatever. Yeah. And he says, hey, where's my office? And the past, lead pastor says, your office. And he goes, ah, I'm so sorry, your office, but where do I, where's my desk? My office? Yeah. Desk? <laughs> And he points to the town and he says, that's the office. Yeah. Go out there and start walking and meeting people. Yeah. And I think what fascinated me to know is that he would just go talk to people. Now, he he's more of a, I, I don't know what uh, denomination he, this priest. is, but liturgical. So yeah. he had the white collar. Mm-hmm. So if, people obviously knew what he was a part of, but he didn't, he, he didn't preach uh, on in the, in the town. Yeah. He just went and asked people how they were doing. And he would realize that as he was truly doing that, truly slowing down, truly getting to know the people that are actually around him. And where I went with this was my actual next door neighbors and, mm-hmm. and neighbors in my neighborhood, that questions would arise, that they would, that issues would arise, that prayer requests would arise, that they would ask the question. He didn't come in with this message for them. They got to know who he was and then asked what he was all about. What was really cool about the video too, Carter, was just that he discovered more about Jesus through discovering this town. Even Yeah. Like this one guy in the video, and I don't want to give it all away, but I really want to encourage you, if you get a few minutes to watch, I, I agree with Carter, it was great. This, this gentleman, um, he did not know much about the Bible, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he did know a lot about a small town atmosphere. And he knew the layout of his town. So when this particular priest comes over to his home and they're talking and 
they open the book, the Gospel of John, ironically enough, there is a, a map, a topography thing. Well, you've seen that in your Bible in the front of the back. Yeah. yeah. And it shows the layout of where Jesus would have preached. Mm-hmm. And then when this particular Scottish gentleman that he's, the priest is talking to, sees the layout, he goes, that looks like our town. And then he, the Scottish gentleman, starts putting together the thoughts, this Jesus that I've heard so much about. And didn't believe. And did not believe. He suddenly believes. Why? Because he realizes that this is a small town fishbowl situation that Jesus is in. So many people would have seen his every move. They would have witnessed whether this guy was for real or he was a fake. Now, you know within your own small community, whether it's even your family mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. your coworkers or whatever small little community within the vast one that we call the Houston area, you know, you know pre- people pretty well and you see where you know, they can be a little superficial or they, you know, they can be a little hypocritical. Right. Not so with Jesus. People kept following him. And so just based on the fact that this guy knew what small town life was like and finding out that Jesus was not only received but followed by these people, this was legit. And from a map, then decides this guy has got to be real, and he starts seeking a relationship with Jesus Christ based off a map. It was incredible. He thought that Jesus preached one thing in bigger cities and then was something else in small towns. But like you said— it was all in small towns, well, and you can't get away with that. Carter, small town. You're you always 17 me, in your hometown. <laughs> you've seen me. You've seen me up close and personal. So you know when I'm having a good day, a bad day. You know when Rochelle's a little bit off with her thinking in that regard. You know, that kind of stuff. Jesus? No. The people who were around him day after day after day after day after day. Yeah. They saw the real thing. And there was never, an, like, he was the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is what Scripture tells us. That's who God is. The the comparison really that they make is that uh, in Scottish culture and, and just that that kind of small town village feel is a lot more like what it was in Jesus' time. Right. The way that everybody knew everybody in small towns, but also just the pace that they went. You had to walk everywhere, for example. And uh, it just made me realize this Americanized way that we think of you got to do this and you got to do this and then yeah. you got to get as much done as you possibly can before the end of the workday and then you get your family things and then you got to do weekend things. You got to have a good vacations so you can put it on Instagram and you got to impress on everybody. It's not right. Yeah. Our way of thinking because we're American doesn't mean that we're doing it the right or the best way. But what's really neat about the video is that he, the priest, when he came back to the United States, acknowledged that things are not going to change here in the States. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what can I do in learning from this society that is a slower pace, that did slow down, and I gleaned so much from? Yeah. How can I then translate that over into a life where everybody's doing Fast food, fast this, fast that. And so that's where it really hit me of, of why slow down and take my time. I, uh, we've even talked about patience in a couple of episodes ago of putting on a face of patience uh, instead of a heart of patience. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tend to do. The Bible says put on a heart of patience. And, yeah. and so you come at me with a story right before I'm leaving work. And it's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, okay, okay, all right, bye. <laughs> what difference does it make if I get home five minutes later? Mm-hmm. I want to take my time and engage with the people around me. Mm. Now, I'm not going to slow down American culture, but I can slow down and really look people in the eye, repeat their name, and name is so important. And to... It's the first thing we own in this life. Yeah, exactly, exactly. This is my name. And so to 
value people, more so make them feel valued. Mm -hmm. So when I think about my neighbors, literal next door neighbors of somebody that I've, I've grown in relationships with both sets of next door neighbors, kind of know some people across the street and everything. And to, in, in both ways, take the time to truly just get to know them. Don't feel like I have to preach at them just to questions will arise. They have, they have arised before mm -hmm. of talking about church and Jesus and everything. And to, if I go out there and I talk to one of them about the lawn for 15 minutes, and then I come back in and I beat myself up because I didn't talk about Jesus or invite him to church, that's okay. Mm. That's another way that I've taken the time to get to know them and take the time in the next conversation and maybe a question or an issue will arise. Now, not, not to be shy about my faith, I'm not saying that, but just to really, truly love the person and not feel like I have to have an agenda for them. Every, every set of circumstances is going to be different. Yeah, exactly. And because we're all different people, and even Jesus would not give, he would not dot every I or T after a parable. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. sometimes his own disciples would come and say, now what did you mean by that? <laughs> right, yeah. And then he'd go into further conversation with them. And, and even then, sometimes he'd be like, you know what? You're still not ready to fully grasp. Mm. And so it wasn't until his Holy Spirit was given um, when Jesus ascended into heaven. He said, you know what? I have to go back to heaven in order for my spirit to come and get in into your spirit yourself, into your heart, into your mind and help this. All these things that I've been sharing, help it to come alive and real. And now you know how to apply it yeah. to living. And I, I, I really love what you're you're talking about. It's okay. I think there is this pressure. Even we don't mean to do it to others. You know, this pressure to I've got a witness to people and it has to look like this every single time. It's going to be different. Yes, it could be all in one setting. Or uh -huh. yes, it could be piece by piece by piece because we are individuals. God recognizes that. And if we're sensitive to his spirit in the moment, he's going to equip us with the exact words for that moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. And I, I think just as you, again, resolutions are so tough to remember in October, much less even <laughs> February or March. Well, when we get back on the scale, we're like, oh, now I remember. <laughs> but to, <laughs> to start a pattern, and we're definitely big on not guilt tripping ourselves or, or each other or you, mm -hmm. uh, but to just go with the flow, go to start a habit, whether it's a reading plan or whether it's slowing down in conversation or whether it's losing weight. But if you, if you mess up one day, doesn't mean it's all over. Just yeah. pick up the next, where you left off. Where you left off. Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Words of Jesus, not mine. That's exactly right. He was also a fan of uh, buffet breakfasts. What? The yoke is easy, over easy. That's how I get it. I don't think that's the exact same. No, that has nothing to do with it. No. I'm just, now I'm hungry for breakfast. Wow, a little sausage? Yeah, yeah. The hash wait, 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 wait. New Year's resolution. Oh, I forgot about that. Here's a Triscuit. <laughs>